0: Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day.
1: I'm your host, Emily Flippin.
0: I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials.
1: Today we're talking consumer goods.
0: Wildcard! Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. Welcome to Industry Focus. I'm Nick Seipel. Joining me today is Motley Fool Senior Auto Analyst, John Rosevier John, great to have you back on the show. Great to be here, Nick. So, it's, it's been a while uh, since I've talked to you uh, on the podcast. It's certainly been a crazy year for all industries. I know you pay close attention <laughs> to the autos. Can you kind of give us a summary, you know, since the last time we had you on, what has happened a- across the auto industry?
1: Uh, well, okay, without focusing on our, our favorite electric maker here. Um, Well, everybody closed their factories in March, and they have been reopening in stages since about the middle of May. Uh, What we are starting to see in the market is that um, pickup truck sales uh, stayed surprisingly resilient through the shutdowns, through April, through May, uh, meaning the dealers are now in short supply. So GM, Ford, and Fiat Chrysler are ramping uh, as quickly as they can while keeping worker safety in mind, because the coronavirus is still out there, uh, to try and give as many pickups as they can to dealers. Um, For them, this is a good and profitable situation. Pickups are profitable. Uh, The mix is profitable. Um, Incentives right now are not terribly high. Uh, I I think there's some pent-up demand that will be filled. Uh, Where things go later in the year, if we get to the point where You know, auto factories are consistently rolling, but we're just in a recession. I don't know. We may start to see year over year declines in months, August, September, October. But right now, in the next couple of months, things are looking better than I think we all expected two, three months ago. Um, I mean, Ford forecast a huge loss for the second quarter, and and things may not be that bad. Um, I don't think they'll be great, but, you know, certainly everybody's trying to ship as many high-profit products as they can before, you know, the end of June, um, and and buyers are coming back from what I'm hearing. Uh, you know, used car prices uh, have been very strong, suggesting that people are buying cars of some kind. Uh, and I think, again, for the near term at least, we're going to see uh, good strength there.
0: So you talk about used car prices. One of the other big stories, kind of adjacent to autos, that's been in the news has been this Hertz bankruptcy and this idea that you know perhaps they might have to liquidate a large number of their vehicles. Do you think that could impact the broader auto market at all?
1: Um, Not to any meaningful degree. I mean, sure, but I think I think if they have to dump their cars, the cars will get absorbed. Um, Yeah, I think demand is really strong. I think the oh my god, win for used car. Armageddon here is way overblown. I don't don't think it's going to go that way at all. Um, Consumers are buying. um, And and you may see people who had previously relied on public transportation and maybe don't want to do that for a while. Uh, Maybe not investing in a a new car, but but picking up a used car to drive to work um, until all of this passes. I think that's very possible.
0: Yeah, and so, so at least so far this year, demand is is better than expected, given what, uh, you know, the crazy disruptions we've seen in the market.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think everybody, I think back in March, when we saw the factories closing, they are like, nobody's going to sell any cars in the second quarter. And, you know, U.S. auto sales were down by roughly half in April. Uh, that's bad, but it's still an awful lot of cars and trucks got sold. At a time when none of the manufacturers were shipping to dealers. So inventories came down into May and, and really Shipments didn't really start up until the second half of May uh, and even then factories were ramping up slowly gm's pickup plants are up to full speed ford expects everything uh, to be up to full speed or at least pre-pandemic levels by uh, I think they said the first week of july uh, fiat chrysler is in a similar position so yeah, you know, new cars and trucks are coming to dealers, uh, there seems to be demand for pickups at least. Uh, we'll sort of see how the second quarter numbers look once we get into July, and then we'll have a better read on what's really going on out there, but, but it looks, you know, it's not great, but it looks better than we thought
0: So moving on from the auto market more broadly, I want to go to our, our main story we want to talk about today, which is a Motor. Has gotten a lot of attention. Came uh, finally completed its its SPAC acquisition and officially came public last Thursday under the ticker NKLA. Uh, What can you tell us about Nikola High Level so far?
1: Okay, their thing is uh, electric. Their core thing is um, electric Class A trucks. These are tractor trailers, Uh, and they've been developing on two parallel tracks. uh, a hydrogen fuel cell driveline for heavy trucks, as well as a, a battery uh, electric driveline uh, based around, um, they claim to have an innovative battery uh, that delivers more power with less weight is the key innovation there. Uh, they had raised a fair bit of money beforehand. Uh, they have a, a partnership with a big European tractor trailer maker. Um, their, their trucks are going to be based on, on that company's uh architecture, um, what do we want to know? They had about $230 million in the bank before this uh, deal, which netted them, I, I forget, something like $600 million. Um, they have a bunch of uh, reservations. Uh, we all note that there's no cash deposit required for a reservation, but they do have some big names in there, and uh, they're negotiating with, with companies like Anheuser-Busch InBev has, has signed up to buy several hundred um, of their trucks, for instance. There are some other fleet operators, uh, sizable orders in their reservation book that they're working to convert into cash deposits.
0: Yeah. And so, so as it is today, the company does not have production underway, and it's really kind of some prototype vehicles with, with the prospect to develop a factory, et cetera.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, their plan is to build a factory in Arizona uh, with help from IVECO, uh, CNH Industrials, uh, is the is the parent company? The stock is CNHI. Uh, Iveco is a truck making subsidiary. This is uh, Iveco is an Italian company uh, controlled by uh, the Andelli family, the family that founded Fiat. So it's it's in some ways a sibling of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles and the Ferrari. Um, so I mean it's a company, It's a well capitalized company. It's an established company, and so forth. They have a a fairly new uh, Class A uh, Semi architecture uh, that that um, as part of this partnership deal that 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 Nicola has has struck with them, uh, Nicola will license that. Uh, they will. They their plan is to build the sort of the first prototypes of the truck, the first production prototypes at Iveco's plant at an Iveco plant in Germany, I think, and then uh, to start production at their own factory in Arizona. Which they, now that they've raised money, they can begin building. Uh, by the second half of next year. And that will be, the initial truck will be the battery electric truck. The fuel cell truck follows in two years. Uh, In parallel, they are building out hydrogen uh, fuel, uh, refueling network, Uh, you know, a riff on Tesla's supercharger strategy. You know, when, when Tesla first started selling cars, people said, well, where do we recharge? And Tesla said, well, we have an answer to that. We're building high-speed chargers around the country. Uh, is doing essentially the same thing if you think of refueling a hydrogen fuel cell truck as recharging. You know, they're building their own you know, charging stations for these things around the country. Uh, in a couple of years, they will have a, a reasonable network set up along major routes, and, and that's when they plan to watch the fuel cell truck.
0: Yeah, John, I want to kind of go go into the partnership aspect of what you mentioned earlier, CNH Industrial. This is something when you look at their presentations, when when management speaks, they they make a big deal about the importance of their partnerships uh, to their strategy. Why are partnerships so important to them and maybe for any automaker more broadly?
1: Because it takes a ton of money and time and resources to develop a new vehicle. Uh, You know, by partnering with CNH they don't have to design the rest of the truck. They don't even—they don't have to do any of that. What they have to do is focus on what they do best, which is you know these powertrains, these electric powertrains, and and fit them to this existing architecture that was already engineered, that is already uh, optimized for mass production to the extent that Iveco does that and so forth. Uh, it saves them a lot of time and a lot of money. I mean, to develop it from scratch, they'd have to hire up hundreds of engineers, and it would take them—I don't know—two, three, four years. And, and so that, that is a huge advantage for them. Uh, they will build some of these trucks in Europe via a joint venture with CNH uh, later on, but the, the North American production is all theirs using this design, we pay a licensing fee for the design presumably, but the special sauce, the electric drivetrain train and, and software and so forth is all theirs.
0: So, so what? So, I guess the the drivetrain and the software is Nicolas and then the, the kind of shell that that goes into is, is CNH. Is that is that what I'm understanding?
1: Yeah, I mean that's the yeah, you know the the frame, the cab, the so forth like that. The, the truck, the trucky truck parts, um, <laughs> and, and and you know that that kind of stuff is is. You know, it looks like no big deal maybe to some of us. Oh, how hard it's going to be to manufacture a tractor trailer? Well, to meet re- regulations all over the world, you know, to get optimized, uh, you know, the traditional diesel business fuel economy and so forth, safety regulations and so forth, durability and all that. Uh, that takes a lot of engineering, a lot of knowledge, and a lot of time. That is something that Nikola, via this partnership, won't have to duplicate on these on its on its upcoming trucks. So, it, uh, you know, it's huge.
0: So when we look at the market opportunity for Nikola, you know what what is the impetus for customers to come to Nikola versus traditional uh, uh, truck makers, and what's their opportunity for them to grow as there's this push to maybe more green uh, trucking?
1: Well, I mean, the promise, the you know, the the, the selling case is is that the total cost of ownership will be lower, and you know, if you're burning hydrogen, hydrogen is cheap. Uh, Nicola's plan I think is to lease the trucks and you know make fueling at their stations free uh, It's hard to argue with that if you're operating, you know a fleet of 800 big rigs uh, <laughs> You know, you don't have to buy diesel anymore uh, With hydrogen refueling you don't get to you don't have to wait hours and hours to recharge these trucks They can pull in be off for 15 20 minutes while they refuel driver gets a cup of coffee and a sandwich and it's back on the road Uh So that sort of thing, you know, if the reliability is there, if the durability is there, uh, total cost of ownership could look very good on this. Uh, Plus it's zero emissions and they get to say it's zero emissions. And, and, you know, there's some some marketing uh, spin that can go with that. You know, our trucks are electric now Uh, for some companies that kind of being able to say that is important. Our environmental impact comes down because, you know, our delivery fleet isn't burning diesel fuel. the emissions from the fuel cell, a hydrogen fuel cell, it's water vapor, um, and it's clean enough that you can capture it and drink it. Even it's, you know, it's it, it, there's no smoke, there's no smog, there's no CO2.
0: And following up along those the sides of of, of emissions, uh, Nikola is, is touting a plan to use renewable energy to to generate the hydrogen that will refuel the trucks. So so that you know from from uh, all the way through the supply chain, uh, the the fuel is being generated in, in a green way. This is similar to what Tesla has said they would do in the past when it comes to to powering all their their superchargers via solar. When you look at this plan, uh, what do you make of it?
1: Well, we're a little out of my expertise here. There are people who know a lot more about uh, hydrogen manufacturing than I do, but they tell me that it's going to be a long time before the supply chain is really green. Uh, you know, to the extent that Nikola. Uh, Makes efforts and investments in that direction. That's a net boon, uh, but don't expect it to be 100% green tomorrow. Just as you know, Tesla's electricity for its superchargers isn't 100% green right now either. In fact, when they have trouble, sometimes you see a diesel generator car in the superchargers, which is, you know, I, I mean, on on the one hand, it's terrible. On the other hand, it's what do they got to do to keep their customers on the road in that spot right there? Uh, you, you know, it's it's not a purely green chain yet. Is it better? Sure. I mean, you know, because the emissions from the trucks are down, uh, you know, making diesel fuel and gasoline has its own environmental cost as well. Uh, what What's the balance? How much better? I don't know offhand.
0: Okay. We, we've talked about their uh, semi-trucks that they're planning to build, the, the battery electric vehicle in 2021 and the fuel cell electric vehicle in 2023. The other Uh, vehicle that that Nikola has has really been uh, advertising heavily has been its Badger (laughs) pickup truck uh, that it plans to release. What can you tell us about that vehicle?
1: I can't tell you much because there isn't much. Uh, What I can tell you is what they've said about it, uh, which is that I think the idea is that it will have both a fuel cell and a battery, uh, not a huge battery, but that it'll be able to get 300 miles of range on battery only. So I think it is a fairly big battery. And 600 miles with the fuel cell working as kind of a power adder. So it's a sort of a fuel cell battery hybrid, I think is the idea here. Uh, they promise uh, lots and lots and lots of power and torque and lots and lots of hauling capability. Uh, and that it will beat up a Ford F-150 and steal its lunch money. Uh, <laughs> other things. Um, nobody has seen this truck yet uh they're they're planning some sort of event some sort of reveal event uh it's the end of the month i think it's the 28th or 29th Um, but we can find that out for you um so what to make of it i don't know i do know this that that we should remember that Nicola is a fairly small company it's only a few hundred people and they have apparently don't have much in the way of resources devoted to engineering this truck right now uh So, I'm not sure it's much more than a good idea that they're looking for another partner to help them with. You know, will they end up building this on, you know, one of the Detroit automakers' architectures like they're doing with the big rigs? Uh, I think that's a possibility. Um, Sort of the the family connection through XOR, uh, perhaps they have an in at Fiat Chrysler. I don't know. I haven't heard anything, and I haven't seen any signs that they actually have a partnership signed yet. And I think, Trevor Milton, the founder and chairman, said something the other day that they don't have a partnership deal yet, but they're in talks with the you know unspecified automakers.
0: Yeah, that's my understanding is that they plan to to contract with other other manufacturers to help 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 build the truck. Which is interesting that they've you know taken some shots at Ford uh, in the past week, given that they might need to do business with them. Um, but uh, it, it is interesting. that They're saying that they will start taking pre-orders on June 29th and that folks who pre-order will get priority access tickets to the Nikola World twenty twenty uh, conference. So, if folks are, who are, are you know big advocates for the company, it's a draw-in to you know uh, purchasing the vehicle. We'll, we'll see what plays out there. When you look at Trevor Milton, founder and CEO of the company, I looked up this morning on S and P Capital. Like he owns twenty five uh, uh, percent of the stock, I believe. Uh, uh, Citron Research, the, the short sellers took some uh, uh, some unkind shots at, at him in, in, in this past week. When you look at, at Trevor Milton, uh, what do you make of him as a founder and uh, of the company and current chairman?
1: I can't say I know him well. I haven't really talked to him yet. I've had a couple of friendly exchanges with him on Twitter, uh, but I, I, you know, I don't really know the guy personally yet. Uh, what I can say is um, he got them this far, and you know where they are you know valuation of the stock is a completely separate question but as a company they have a real shot to do this and you know he founded this and he got them this far he got the partnerships in place to do it he's got a production plan he's got an engineering team he's got you know significant interest from fleet operators you know he's got demo trucks he got them this far he you know he, he has done a good job to lead the company this far, and now he has handed off day-to-day management to Mark Russell, uh, who comes from um, Alcoa and Worthington, I think, uh, and, and was, was brought in, I think, last fall um, to sort of be the professional manager to take it to the next level, while Trevor kicks himself upstairs as sort of chairman and product visionary, uh, which honestly is also a very smart move. Um, for a guy whose background is mostly in startups and so forth, he's not, you know, he doesn't have the experience to run a big truck company, uh, but he did have sort of the self-awareness and the humility to bring in somebody who did uh, under pressure from his investors, but still, he has readily agreed to it. He's kind of become the voice of the company out on social media in the last week or two. He has he has not been quiet. Uh, he seems like a friendly guy. Go engage him. Uh, <laughs> he's chatty. Uh you know that's that's not a knock against him um i i think i think in some of the things he said i see his limitations in terms of the company becoming really huge you know he's like oh customers can always talk to me on twitter well you know if you're selling twenty thousand pickups a month you don't want to be that guy who talk to you on twitter and you know the battery door won't close or the touch screen goes bad or whatever you, know, you don't want that, to, you know. I think Elon Musk has taken that on to some extent, and I don't think he wants it either. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I, I think in some ways, uh, Trevor Milton doesn't quite really, you know, have the depth of experience in this sort of part of the world to really see what's coming. On the other hand, I mean, he's well intentioned, and as I said, he got them this far.
0: So, would you say kind of his transition into the chairman role is the company growing up into this full production? We're past the startup phase, and now we need to really institute a manufacturing culture, make these partnerships at scale, and really start delivering this product.
1: It does seem like that. I mean, they've got uh, their chief engineer uh, has background at both Daimler, the, the German parent company of Mercedes Benz, and at Tesla. So, he has presumably ridden this bus, this sort of go to market with a product. Uh, ride before Uh, you know they've got a professional team they've got people with uh auto industry experience they've got people with you know consumer product experience they've got people with safety experience they've got people with you know electronics and electric vehicle and software experience it seems like it you know it seems like the right kind of team you want to make this to make this effort to take this shot uh i i think we're at the point you know we're let's see how the products look when they're you know beyond the prototype phase and let's see how they're received in the marketplace. Uh, and at the same time, let's be aware there are other companies coming into this space as well before we get too excited about their opportunity. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. So I think that brings us to the investment case for the company today <laughs> and the valuation. I mean, when you look at the financials, uh, they, have, they say they have $10 billion in reservations for potential revenue, assuming all their contracted leases for their fuel cell EV. Uh, uh, come through. We got $10 billion in revenue. Um, however, that would be out in 2023. Uh, you look at the, the market cap today. I, I pulled it up, uh, $22 billion. So, so we're we're trading at, you know, what is that, 2x uh, 2023 revenue, uh, uh, maybe. Uh, so, so when you look at the valuation today relative to the potential of, of the company, what are your thoughts there?
1: Um, like many things in the current market it's a little hard to justify uh you know this is a company that has no revenue uh and and they may have a little revenue in 2021. I don't think they're gonna get you know 20 10 billion revenue all at once I, I think that if all those orders convert, that's over several years because I don't think they can fill them um in less than three years or so so you know spread that out they, you know their first they may hit a billion dollars of revenue in 2022 there's no real chance they'll hit it before then um and they seem to have a solid product people who have seen their technology seem to like it uh you know they have secured significant investments uh, how it holds up in the real world none of us know yet uh we also don't completely know what the playing field is going to look like when these trucks start to ship I, you know, daimler has been working on electric trucks for several years now and they're a, they're a serious heavy truck player. Um, Tesla and its semi is kind of a wild card. When will that arrive, and, and in what quantity, and how will that be received? Um, you know, we joke a lot about Tesla and its valuation, but Tesla is a heavy hitter here compared to Nikola. I mean, they've, they've been out there building vehicles for a decade now, so you know we have to take them somewhat seriously, uh, even if we don't know their timing or you know how extensively prototypes their product has been. Uh, and then, you know, with this pickup, on the pickup side, uh, if you talk Ford Motor Company, Ford Motor Company is going to come back again, especially in pickups. <laughs> they will defend that franchise vigorously. Uh, they have an investment in Rivian, which is sort of the upscale electric pickup truck maker, another company with very impressive leadership and partnerships and engineering that appears to be going about this uh, the right way with lessons learned from others along um, so, you know, that market, it, it, my take on, on Nicholas Badger pickup is that if they can get a, a partner and get it to market within a couple of years, they are not really likely to threaten for GM or Fiat Chrysler very much. Um, but they, you know, they might beat up Tesla's Cybertruck a little bit if they're making that in production. Um, so we have to consider that this is not a wide open playing field. It may look like one now, but we're talking two, two to three years out before, you know, they're really ramped up in producing trucks. And there are other people who are, you know, in similar spots who investors excited about Nikola might not really know about. And and so, you know, there is a significant potential market for these trucks. Uh, Nikola has a promising product on the way, but but it's it's way too early for this to be a twenty billion. I think we all know that on some level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously, when you're looking at a company
0: that that you know its vehicles are in prototype mode, revenue is, is is essentially zero. Certainly, a lot of execution risk over the next few years. Not to mention, uh, you know that that you know very high market cap uh, that that we mentioned earlier. If you had to guess, where do you think Nikola will be in five years, John?
1: Um, I think there's a good chance they'll do it. That they will have secured a market. That they will be profitable. Uh. You know, the the Class Eight market is not that huge, which is obviously why they're talking about pickup too. Because you know, you're not going to get cocky stick growth over the long term selling tractor trailers. So, you know, the the fleet of them is not nearly as big as with passenger cars, and they last a long, long time. Um, you know, there are trucks on the road that are 20 years old, three years old. They're more in daily service. Uh, know if the the total cost of ownership case is compelling then you will see big fleets switching over time but they will not be the only game in town um they are up against at least one or two competitors uh who have significant fleet sales experience relationships with major fleet operators that go back years and years and so forth and if, if you're you know if you have a fleet of 800 trucks um and your orders are to go electric and you have a choice of dealing with, say, Daimler, who you've dealt with for 20 years, and you know they deliver and you know they'll be around, or Nicola. You may not choose Nicola, and, and gonna, Nicola is going to, until Nikola has proven itself and proven that, you know, it's there for parts and service and that it's there, that, that there's somebody knowledgeable on the en- other end of the phone when you call them up and need help. It's That takes time, so they're going to have to establish that, too. Uh, I think the idea that every truck in the world is going to be Nikola in five years is a little much. On the other hand, I mean, there is there is definitely a route for this company if it continues to execute and deliver, um, to you know, take some real market share and, and have a thriving, profitable business. How big is that business? It's a little hard to say right now.
0: And what would you need? I mean, it obviously sounds like, given the execution risk, given the the competition uh the valuation today not incredibly excited about about jumping in right now what would you want to see before you'd be excited to invest
1: good question
0: <laughs>
1: I, I mean i thought at you know 15 20 bucks this was intriguing at, at 50 60 70 bucks it's it's well, wait a minute uh, I, I think what i'd want to see is I mean, I haven't done all the work around this to really size the potential market opportunity realistically. Uh, I would want to do that, first of all. Um, more broadly, I would want to see that the truck really is being well-received by fleet operators who've you know, seen a prototype, who've seen the technology. Um, I would want to see that that Iveco is, is playing its part in the partnership, that, that it's still enthusiastic about this, uh, which would suggest to me that what nicola is doing in terms of engineering and in terms of bringing that engineering to market uh is still on track and is still positive um and you know 10 billion dollars in reservations is, a, is sort of a great number for your roadshow but there's no cash there yet i, I want to start to hear nicola confirm okay you know this is a solid order and we've taken 300 million in deposits for 2000 trucks for this really those are made up but you know what I mean, uh, that, that there is actual cash coming in, that there are actual deposits, that there is actual intent to buy, there are signed contracts and so forth, um, that, that they, you know, they will have deliveries right out of the, right out of the gate, um, and ideally some depth in their order book so that they you know, are filling orders several months out. Um, once I see that, I'm gonna start to say, okay, this is a real company. Uh, that now the counter argument to that is is whoa this is a startup you'll you know you'll miss the boat if you do that uh, and there may be some of that but now it's a gamble right now it's a gamble uh, certainly the current valuation uh, things look good they seem to have the right pieces but you know will they execute on time and what valuation will the market give them once they're not an exciting startup but they're a truck maker. And <laughs> you know, once they, they have, you know, if they if they have stable market share and so forth, it, I don't think the valuation. I don't think it's a twenty billion company. Um, now, what happens with the pickups? Do they form a joint venture with somebody and maybe, you know, have a have a low effort revenue stream out of that, leveraging the technology they're already developing for the big roads? Um, that that could make it more interesting. Um, I think at minimum, I would wait and see what Trevor and company say at the end of the month about bigger truck. Uh, Maybe we check back in a month. Uh, (laughs) You know, I mean, it's it's a gamble right now. It really is a gamble. I I personally don't feel uncomfortable investing in gambles. Um, You know, if you do, uh, dig into this thing. But, um, you know, there's a lot of risk here. And... Delivering on the present valuation seems like a bit of a long shot, at least within the next few years. Certainly,
0: yeah, John, I feel similar uh, to Nicola. The way I felt a few months back um, about Virgin Galactic. Certainly, uh, lots of promise <laughs> about the potential uh, uh, market that could grow out of this, but you've got a company that that hasn't yet uh, delivered uh, a product to customers. And I, at the very least, I'd like to see them do that and show uh, that customers are satisfied. Uh, before I want to jump in, particularly um, at, at today's valuation. Where we're, we're you know nipping on the heels um, of some really significant automakers. Uh, but John, thanks as always for hopping on the show and sharing all your knowledge with us. Thank you. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against the stocks discussed, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for making it sound so good. For John Rosevier, I'm Nick Seipel. Thanks for listening and a full on.